Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Good morning, Darlington. Fantastic to see you guys. Um, talk about being in there, sitting there, but now standing here. Uh, I remember sitting there and working my way up. And I remember my first, my career day. Um, I remember the speaker. And his comments were, his advice was, want to be successful in life? Three things. Show up. Be really serious. Show up on time. And if you really, really want to be successful, be prepared. Obviously, I remember that 40 plus years later, and that was the impact he had on me. And I'm scared that I will have only a minor impact on you, uh, but I hope to do a little bit better than that. It's a pleasure to be here. After I left this room, I discovered my major, chemical engineering. One of the speakers was at the local uh, paper mill, and I decided that a chemical engineer making $900 a year more than an electrical engineer was what I wanted to go do. <laughs> and there I went. But more importantly, you know, I came here to really make sure that you know how special a place Darlington is and how lucky you are to be here that if you take everything that you've learned from here, from Darlington, you can go anywhere, and you can go everywhere. And I've brought proof. 50 years ago, I was lucky enough to step onto Thornwood's campus in the fourth grade as part of Darlington's lower, first lower school class. And especially lucky, that while the local public schools were still struggling to desegregate, Darlington's board and leadership took the brave decision to integrate the year before with Elson Floyd. The next year, Earl Gibson, myself, and Claudia Scott integrated the middle school, the upper lower school, and the lower lower school and the school built from there. And I gotta tell you that this was five years after Martin Luther King was shot. I was just with Andy Young, his chief lieutenant, a couple of weeks ago. He's still alive and kicking. And he's the same age as Frank Barron, who I just sat and had dinner with, had lunch with on Friday. So this is not ancient history, this is current history. And Darlington leaned in, stepped forward, and did the right thing. And I am the beneficiary of that. And I want to come here today to let you know that I am appreciative. I am appreciative. I was a poor kid living with my grandparents. Darlington not only opened its doors to me, it opened the world to me. Brent went and took a picture of the house that I grew up in. I told him I was, grew up in North Rome and a little bitty house. He drove by, took a picture, and sent it back to me. And unfortunately, tech support and I never have worked together. So uh, I was going to show you the house. I still own the house. I rent the house. I charge $200 a month for rent. 
That's how much rent that house generates today. So that probably tells you a lot about where I came from. So, to come to Darlington in those days from that circumstance was completely eye-opening for me. And the day I landed at Thornwood, I made lifelong friends. A couple of them are sitting here in the front row. Leighton Roberts and Charlie Williams. Mr. Hansen's class. Indeed. Um, in addition to that, folks like Dan Garrett, Porter Ballou, Jennifer Johnson. I went to Porter's son's graduation a few months ago from Harvard. We joined each other uh, because we celebrated each other's weddings, we vacationed together, and you know, mostly bonded over him constantly breaking limbs when we were in elementary school and me have, having to carry him around. So the lifelong friends that you make here will serve you well going forward because you have a very, very special bond. And that bond is so special that you'll make big sacrifices, like the sacrifice I made last year, because I had a choice between coming and seeing my old friends for the 40th reunion and going to the Tennessee-Alabama game. <laughs> As I stood under Nayland Stadium with two tickets to the box, I thought, God, I love Charlie Williams. <laughs> I handed those tickets off, and I listened to Tennessee beat Alabama out under the bell tower. And I still felt like I made the right choice. That's the house I grew up in. That is what happens to you. And the hairstyles, let it go. All of it, let it go, <laughs> as you can see. Uh, next slide. That, soak it in, right? At the Jerry Curl Fro. At the Jerry Curl Fro. And that was a thing. And I thought I had it going on, like many of you think you have it going on. And the only problem is, it gets worse. One more. <laughs> With my big D letterman jacket from the wrestling team. And the bigger Fro. Uh, Michael Jackson didn't have anything on me. So the education I received here was top notch because the teachers were not only sharp, they cared. Ms. Mixon, Ms. Eberhardt, Mr. Muschamp, the Ambersons, and especially Rick Bice, my chemistry teacher, who introduced me to computers. Worth Moser, Doc Register, and a lot of the buildings that you walk through today, I had the benefit of learning from. And that meant the world to me. You know, I can name a whole bunch of Darlington teachers. I can barely name one or two college professors. Think about that. That is the impact that these teachers have on you, whether you like it or not. That is the impact that these teachers have on you. And I am happy to hear every time I come back to senior day that that's truly still happening and happening even more today than it did back then. So thank you, Brett, and thank you, faculty and teachers, for, for keeping up their tradition. But more than the academics, it was the community and the warmth that made Darlington truly special. Like I said, I walked in the door, 1973, to open arms and a lot of help, because I was completely clueless. It was a world beyond 
my imagination. But beyond the math and science and literature, Darlington helps you become a good person and an asset to society because of that warmth in that community. Here you develop values and perspectives that will serve you well. Since no one in my family had gone to college, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was thankful to my next door neighbor, Ms. Celestine Burrell, and her son, who was going to the University of Tennessee, for making me believe that I could not only get in, but excel. And I did. Because of Darlington, I was more than prepared. I got an academic scholarship to study chemical engineering at the University of Tennessee. And because of Rick Bice, I sailed through chemistry without hardly opening a book. True. Because of Mr. Paxson, the same was true of calculus. And Doc Register had me more than ready for English. All those weekly theme reports actually paid off. And they actually still pay off. Hope you guys still do those. Um, <laughs> so more importantly, even though UT is big, the campus of the University of Tennessee at 30,000 is bigger than Rome. I realized that the social development exposure at Darlington made the, the transition that much easier for me than many of my classmates. I had the ability to engage and relate to students coming from all over, and that made building new relationships that much easier. It's another skill that will serve you well from now on. After college, I joined Procter & Gamble, the big company that makes ivory soap, Crest toothpaste, Pampers, Tide, and the products I worked on. Oh, no, these are my good friends. I come to homecoming all the time. I, you know, I love it. Charlie's there. And there's the University of Tennessee. But these are the products I worked on. Pringles and Duncan Hines cake mix. It takes a lot of engineering to get tons of flour, sugar, shortening, and potatoes from rail cars in the back of the factory into those little bitty cans and boxes neatly placed on your shelf at the grocery store. The machines running, the computers running, the people running, all take a lot of engineering and precision. And I learned a lot. I also ate a lot. <laughs> and as much as I had fun with that, I decided to go on and go back to school and understand the business of what these products were all about. And so I went back to Northwestern to get a master's in business. Again, I'm daunted by the environment. Lots of classmates from Harvard, Stanford, MIT, and from around the world. And again, my experiences at Darlington set me up for success, especially the writing skills that engineers are famous for not having. I cruised through with, with, breeze, with the breeze as well as with social skills that I developed here at Darlington. After graduating, I joined a premier consulting firm, McKinsey & Company. We work with the CEO and presidents of large corporations to develop their business strategies. Nine years after leaving Darlington, I'm in corporate boardrooms, presenting my analysis and recommendations to heads of banks, steel companies, and more. Again, it's daunting. Again, Darlington's secret sauce kicked in. We were able to work in teams, work with people from around the world, and stand up and confidently present your ideas. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound like class? 
nine years from Darlington. I definitely didn't get it in a cake mix factory. I definitely didn't get it in engineering school. I got it right here, where you're getting it right now. One of the projects I worked on was after my generation's George Floyd moment. The beating of Rodney King led to a massive civil unrest in Los Angeles. And I worked on the team that had to come up with answers. We worked on Rebuild LA and tried to figure out how do we prevent this from happening again. That project left me worried about our country. The effects of globalization and technology on people's jobs and livelihoods were combining with social challenges, much like today, to create anxiety and, in this case, conflict. I decided to take a year off and go to Harvard to study public policy. By this time, I knew what was coming, and I knew I was prepared. So no more anxiety over being able to handle this. There I studied what roles companies, governments, and others could play to make things better. I took a job with another consulting and technology company called Anderson Consulting, a company of 30,000 people to work on these issues. During my years there, I worked on international trade, energy, agriculture, taxes, healthcare, education, and more. I rose through the ranks from manager to senior manager to partner to global managing partner, leading the strategy practice for government around the world. For the seniors in the room, some of you may be filling out the FAFSA, the Federal Application for Student Aid. My team develops, developed it and run it today. If you get a loan or a grant, my team takes the money out of the U.S. Treasury and sends it to your school, $150 billion each year for over 10 million students. When we got started, the process was paper and took weeks. Now you go to studentloans.gov and it's instantaneous. And it saved the country $68 billion, which was plowed back into more student loans and aid. For our international students in the room, when you land and go through immigration, the photo and fingerprint system they use was built and run by my firm, Accenture. It is now called Accenture. And the security measures they take to make sure that the people in the cargo are safe after 9-11 was based on a strategy that my team developed. A last project before I left that role was to build the back end financial systems and then take over the front end when it stumbled of the website for the newly launched federal health insurance program called Obamacare. That brought health care to over 20 million people who previously didn't have it. After leading that part of the business for nearly 10 years, I moved to Singapore to lead management consulting across Asia, Africa, and the Middle East for consumer, retail, and pharmaceutical. I was back to working with Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Dole, Del Monte, Heineken, um, this time developing plans to grow their business in those countries. Over the next 10 years, I made over 300 trips around the region, Thailand, Myanmar, New Zealand, China, Japan, and I got to learn and see so much and meet and make so many friends from around the world. Next slide. And as Brent said, I also had the chance to first join the American Chamber of Commerce in Singapore, then I was asked to join the board, 
and then I was elected chairman for four years. And that was truly an honor to be our country's business representative in Asia, promoting our jobs and our values around the world, and warmly embraced to do so. Being able to engage other government officials, Singapore Prime Minister among others, gave me a chance to see how important it is that we stay engaged with the world and how important it is that we work together to make life better for everyone. And indeed, I saw that happening as I was moving between Indonesia and Thailand and the Philippines, how American products were making the daily lives of Filipinos and Indonesians better, and how by selling them those products, we were creating jobs back in Cincinnati. So that was a great benefit, and of course, I felt at home doing this because I had grown up this way, right? By the time I got to ninth grade, I had friends from the Philippines, uh, Nadim Faroz from Iran. You know, again, little kid from North Rome, you know, meeting folks from around the country, around the world, was truly, truly special. While it was an amazing place to work and live, a super important event happened that brought me back to the US. My daughter finished high school and was going to college in Boston. So, much to her horror, my wife and I decided to move to Boston too. It worked out well, although I didn't live up to my promise of moving into the dorm next to her. I can't see it. I'm very close, not that close. 20, 30, 20 30 minutes. Um, with the move, I decided to retire from Accenture that we had grown from the 30,000 people when I joined to 750,000 people when I left to begin teaching at Northwestern back at my old business school, Kellogg, which I do today as an adjunct professor. I then got pulled back into consulting by the Boston Consulting Group as a senior partner and managing director. While I'm in Boston, and the name is Boston Consulting Group, it's a little, it's a little misleading. BCG has over 30,000 people in 100 offices around the world. I just happen to be in the office in Boston. And I'm back working with major companies on plans and technologies for improving growth. I went back to work when I realized that I actually found something I really enjoy doing. And therefore, it's not really work in the usual sense. I get to work on interesting stuff, work with interesting people, and as a team, make a real difference for the companies that we're there to help. So whether I'm doing Homeland Security or trying to figure out how to sell more frozen French fries in the Philippines, uh, each project comes with its challenges and its interests. And while your specific interests will certainly differ, you will become teachers, lawyers, doctors, real estate agents, business executives, and more. I do hope and I strongly suggest that you find something that you find interesting, that you get to work with interesting people, and that your work makes things better than they were before. In doing so, it's not just a great job or a career, it's a great life. And in my case, one that has taken me from a little house in North Rome to all over the world. At the senior dinner last week, 
One of your classmates asked me why I'm on the board. As I flew from here on Friday to Miami, and then flew back from Miami last night, and fly back to Miami this afternoon, <laughs> that question comes up a lot. <laughs> but it's still easy to answer. I'm on the board for two reasons. Because I'm thankful for the life that Darlington has enabled me to live. I want to thank the Barron family and the Formbys for introducing me to Darlington half a century ago. And beyond just saying thanks, like I did with the visit with Frank Barron on Friday when I had lunch with him, in keeping with service beyond self, I, like all the rest of the board members, current and past, want to make sure that Darlington is around for another half century and more to do the same for you and for those that come after you that it did for me. And now I come back to where I started. It's all because of Darlington, because what countless people have done over the past 100 plus years to today, and I can say that with confidence having gone to the board meeting on Friday the school has never been in a better, stronger place. It's not perfect. I heard that. Something about winter coats when it's really cold and not being able to wear your own, uh, and the internet being cut off in the dorms at midnight. I get it. I get it. It's not perfect, but it's a great place. It's a special place that has given you many unique things. Again, at the dinner, I meet a group of kids from China, and I turn and I move a group of kids from uh, Nigeria, and I talk to a kid from Slovakia, and I'm like, am I really in Rome, Georgia? Or any other place in the world, almost, right? To, to have access to, to different points of view from different cultures and different places in the world is special anywhere, and it's truly special in Rome. So if you're a Roman, double down on how special this place is and how fortunate you are. You are prepared to do anything you want to do and take you anywhere you want to go. You are prepared. We are privileged to be part of Darlington. Let's not take that privilege for granted. Let's not waste it. You have developed what it takes no, now go become that person and remember to serve others along the way. And with that, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. And go forth and conquer. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication and advancement teams and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org slash podcast.